0: You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from The Nation Network. I
1: got 50, I got
0: 50 for Brought to you by Finning Canada, the parts you need when you want them. Welcome back to another edition of Real Life presented by Finning. I'm Jason Greger, host of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260. We welcome back our uh, traveling man, Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, one for one in the shootout, uh, over 600 games played, over 600 games watched in the press box, and now host on City TV.
1: struds how are you? How was the trip? Oh man, just getting over the jet lag, it was unbelievable. Um, Chinese people are incredible. You know, I, I had an impression going there that they were going to be one way, and it was the opposite. Welcoming, inviting, helpful. I'd be on the road, not knowing where I'm going, and uh, they were so helpful. Uh, and the food, Gregs, it was unbelievable how good I, i'm in love with hot pot if someone knows a good hot pot place here shoot me a tweet at uh, jason underscore because i'm all about the hot pot
0: what's hot pot
1: basically we all go to a, a table and they bring us a broth and then you order different kinds of meat and vegetables and you drop it in there and then you cook you cook your own food so it does sound a little bit like a lot of work but it's unreal a very social way of doing it Greg's i might buy you lunch at a hot pot place
0: I'd be all over it. I like hot pot. I don't even know what it is. But I like vegetables. I like meat. Now, did you know what meat you were putting in? Or was it kind of a just close your eyes and pick?
1: Well, let's be honest. You love a free lunch. So you're going to come yeah. no matter what because well, it's a free it's lunch. depends. If um, it was onion sandwiches, I wouldn't be eating it. But no, it's um, it's. we had beef. We had uh, lamb, lamb dumplings, uh, chicken, uh, different kinds of... Uh, kale was unreal in this hot pot. I'm all about the hot pot. The neat, what you do is after you cook it... You make your own dipping sauce. Then you dip it in the sauce and you eat it delicious and healthy.
0: Now, obviously, you would stand out being a Canadian Caucasian yes. there, but
1: were you significantly taller than the
0: majority of people that you saw?
1: For two weeks I was there, I saw one person taller than me, and it was another white person. I think they played for the basketball team in Beijing. Other than that, everyone so there's was... no Yao Mings? Where were they? I didn't see Yao. I looked around. Okay. I was expecting tall people. There was nobody tall, there was me and then uh, everybody else. So I'd be in line. And there's a significant number of lines there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people. Like for those of you, I was in Hong Kong for nine days in Beijing. Beijing has 22 million people. To give you some context, uh, a lot of cities here have ring roads. They have six, six ring roads from the downtown hour. It took me almost 45 minutes to an hour uh, for my, 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 my car to get from the downtown to the sixth ring road. That was traveling on like a white mud type road. Huge amount of people. Was it
0: too many people at times? Like, think about it. It's almost the population of Canada in one city.
1: Uh, You know what? I actually, I preferred Beijing to Hong Kong. Not that I didn't like Hong Kong, but I liked that culture experience. Everyone there spoke Chinese. Very few people spoke English. I like that challenge. Um, You know, I didn't find it too many two people at once because it is a very spread out city. I I don't think they follow the non-urban sprawl uh, method that we're trying to get here in Alberta. But they are... um, they, there are a lot of people like get on the subway. There's people everywhere of um, lines. I mean, I've gone to so many lines for security, to get into this or security, to get into that. Sometimes to, like into Team and Square and, and Forbidden City, I was in line to, for security. Then you get through that line. Then you go through another security line on the other side again. So they love their security. It definitely made me feel safe uh, when I was there, but it was, there's a lot of lines. But the good thing was I could see how long they were because I was a head taller than everybody else.
0: Now, we've got lots to discuss, so we'll get right into it. We're going to talk about the the Montreal Canadiens. They're they're on their bye week. The orders just came off theirs. We'll discuss that. The the Maple Leafs defense and uh, goaltending right now floundering uh, a little bit. But uh, I want to quickly start with the Grammys last night. Uh, Any impressions from the Grammys on Sunday?
1: Well, I love Adele. I love the way she accepted those two awards at the end for uh, album and song of the year. And she was graciously uh, nice enough to to, to mention Beyonce. Because Beyonce has a huge presence. and, And it was between those two for sure. But Gregory, I had no idea who Sturgill Simpson is. I, I do. That guy can sing. Well, I found out now. But when I they were going through on the record of the year, they're going through different nominees, and then they're like Adele, Beyonce, all these great artists, and then Sturgill Simpson. My wife and I looked at each other like Sturgill Simpson. Is this a joke? You you knew him before that? I knew. I now. I'm a farm guy, so obviously okay. I know country. I, I wouldn't say that
0: I could list off a lot of his songs, but he he's got a very unique voice. Okay. Like it's kind of a mix of old school country and new. I think his sound is unbelievable. And when when he and because my wife was like you, she had never heard of him either. Yeah. And uh, he performed later, and I was like, just listen to his voice for a bit. And she's not a big country fan. She's like, all right, I get it. Like he's he is somebody who like his album. Even if you're not a country fan. I highly recommend it. Now, I'll go on record. Everybody know, I'm not like Mr. Musical Guy. Like, I like to dance. I like, I like all types of genres of music. But I'm not going to be here somebody who's going to critique the voice quality of people. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that music guy. But his voice, to me, really stands out. The things for the Grammy that stood out for me, number one, without a doubt, Lady freaking Gaga. Why is that? Well, when, Because for, when you think of Lady Gaga, right, like you think, okay, top 40, kind of well she sings with Metallica one of the greatest rock bands ever and the only negative part about that was Metallica's um, for the first what 40 seconds of the performance only her mic was working and uh, the lead singer I forget his name right now he was pissed at the end of it you see him throw his guitar off stage he was yeah. rattled but anyway so she comes out there and if this was your first time ever seeing La- or you're just watching Metallica yeah. you're like Oh, they got a a new front woman singer. Who is this? Like she looked like a rocker and she sounded like a rocker. I I actually think she looked better in like dressed up like that. Because if she would suddenly go on tour and say, you know what? I'm going to go on tour and whatever. Come up with some stage name as a band. I think she could be like a rock musician. Her voice is unbelievable. But just like, and she was in there like headbanging everything. I was just like, man, I was taken back to the 80s. I thought it was in Leduc, Alberta, which used to be like the, the long hair hippie capital of Canada in the in the 1980s. And I she killed it. She was unbelievable for me. I thought the weekend Canadian guy. Yes. And by the way, Canadians, why do people not pump his tires more? This guy's unreal. His stage presence, Struts
1: killed it. Yeah, he was great on stage. I gotta talk to you about. Did you see, happen to see the carpool karaoke with uh, the host James? You know he always does it. He's yeah, a, yeah. A, so that was terrible yeah but so what blew me away was so Neil Diamond's there they're singing Sweet Caroline and it was obvious they had the words on a monitor who doesn't know the words to Sweet Caroline like all these like Faith Hill Tim McGraw all these other artists they were looking at the words I could sing that in my sleep I could sing that with about two packs of Bud Lights underneath my belt it is ridiculous They don't know the words To Sweet Caroline Like Aren't these professional musicians
0: Well I I don't know if you can know The words to every song But that's a pretty popular song. I agree. I think everybody knows the chorus, and I think they might know the first verse. But once you get into the song a little bit, people are kind of like, what? Where's it going? The thing I found (laughs) funny, though, was when... So they start out with Neil Diamond, right? And then James says, okay, Faith, you take this one. Well, Faith starts to sing, but Neil's singing. So then she she just lets him go again. I was dying at that part. I was like, yeah, there's not a lot of... uh, uh, cohesiveness going under which is fine it was spur of the moment it was live tv and uh, away you go I-, I thought some of the performance was good bruno mars even if you don't like uh, bruno mars how can you not respect that guy's ability as a musician man he can do it all he can play the guitar he can sing he can wear makeup he was wearing a ton of it last yeah. night it looked like and also uh, he's got some moves so i i thought you know overall i was pretty impressed There is a few um performances that like i pbr it because so then i can fast forward through sure. everything but there was a few performances
1: i zip through yeah, there's for you that, like, uh, there's some I didn't understand, I couldn't figure out. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I started out, I wanna end with that. Adele, her acceptance speeches were so amazing, and they're authentic. I think sometimes people get up there and they're acting. I think what you see with Adele is what you get. I think she's very, very honest. I love the way she brought in Beyonce, saying, Oh, Beyonce, we love you. Your album moved me, it was amazing. And I think it diffused a bit of a situation there because Beyonce is a monster, and so is Adele, in a good way. Like, there's such big influences for both music and women. I think to have that moment, it made it a Beyonce say, "No, yeah, I can go home and I was accepted and and, and recognized by the person who beat me uh, as being a, a big contributor to the artist. yeah." But so Adele, I loved it.
0: let's be honest, Adele deserved to win. Her album was way better, my opinion.
1: Yeah, but a lot of people would feel differently. Like, yeah, I think so there's a lot of them, a lot of women. Beyonce is like a a um, a, a leader. A beacon. i beacon. I talk to my wife about. It. My
0: wife doesn't get the whole thing, and that's fine. Everybody's gonna have sure. a different opinion. I just thought Adele strictly, her, well, definitely the song "Hello" was better straight up best song and i thought her overall album for me i I had no problems with it. i didn't think it was a any major there wasn't any major surprises you know a chance the rapper's pretty positive rapper which uh, which i think is kind of a a change from from that genre a little bit so i'll be curious to see if that maybe incites a little bit of a difference i think you can have both sure you can still have some some real anger in, in times but it was kind of refreshing to have a guy
1: who's a little bit more positive in what he's wanting to spew out yeah, no, it was good. The tribe call quest. I, I, like, I'm out of touch because I, I didn't know what they were singing. I, I was sitting there. My wife is moving to it. She loved it, and I can recognize the talent they had, but I, I didn't understand anything that was going on that whole for about three minutes.
0: What about the, you? Probably your favorite part though. I can't believe we would be now talking about it for five minutes, and you haven't mentioned the BGS. Like, there's oh. no chance you like. You, oh. you probably weren't happier were wearing sweatpants when they came on
1: it was so for those who didn't see it they did a special tribute to the Bee Gees and the Bee Gees is one of my favorite. I mean How Deep Is Your Love Night Fever so many great songs and um, they, they had different people go up there and sing parts of their songs with the, like Barry Gibb uh, in, the, in the audience imagine how hard that would be Greg's to go out and perform one of the great songs of all, one of the great bands of all time, their songs in front of one of the league singers. I, I'd be really, really nervous. And I actually thought they were. Like, Little Town, uh, Demi Lovato, these people, I thought they were quite nervous.
0: Well, probably. The guy's just staring at you watching it. Yeah. You know, so it, it, that part of it's uh, unique for sure, yeah. I think. So, it's, uh, overall, I thought, pretty good show. Uh, I'm curious to see kind of Where the weekend goes from a Canadian spin on this. I'm curious to see where he goes and and when he's going to make a a massive tour. I I think he obviously wanted to get a few more songs and get a little bit more notoriety. But this guy's been killing it everywhere. And I don't think Canada pumps his tires enough. I think he's outstanding. The only thing I do miss though, I kind of miss the tree shrub that he used to have for hairstyle. I love that thing. It was, it was like Edward Scissors Hand used to cut his hair. Like, I miss that.
1: I wish he could bring that back. It was unbelievable. A bonsai tree. But what was the song? What was the one song you had before about I, I can't feel my face when I'm with you? Yeah. I don't understand it. I, and people try to explain to me why can't I feel my face when I'm with you? I don't get it. Well, because you're so numb, man. You're just excited,
0: you're just numb to all of the experience.
1: Yeah, but, okay, I see. I, I see again. That's like the fiftieth person is trying to explain me. I I don't understand it. And like, I, I like, like I think the song. The, I think
0: the underlining uh, like now it all depends because you can go on online and everybody's gonna have a different right. version. I've of, it. There, of There's a lot of people that believe it has something to do with um, cocaine.
1: So he's, he's taking the cocaine and, yeah, that's, and that's why I can't, can't feel his, his face.
0: face. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe that. I have no idea. I've never tried cocaine so I don't know if it makes your face numb So or it's
1: enough. not about a girl. It's about his body. Well, that, it depends smoking. on
0: As some people say it is. Some people say it isn't,
1: Right? isn't.
0: He'll have to tell us. I don't think he's ever answered it. Hmm. Or I haven't seen it. Maybe, maybe if, if he has answered it, let us know. You can tweet me at Jason Gregor at uh, Strud's... Uh, What's, Jay, your, Jay what's your Twitter again? Yeah. yeah, your tweeter. Still got it. Yeah, the tweeter. You still have it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, good. Now yeah, yeah. let's uh, let's get to uh, hockey. The Montreal Canadiens. Oh. Now, interesting because last year they had the ultimate excuse: Carey Price got injured, and the team went in the tank. Mm. Well, Carey Price isn't injured right now. He's not playing very well. Basically, in their last forty games, they're a five hundred team.
1: Yeah. What do you make of the Montreal Canadiens? Time to fire the coach. And I don't like saying that but uh, because I think that coaches do a great job, but it is time. He has worn out his, his time there, and whether you think is a good coach or not, and a lot of people feel he is, some people feel they don't. He's been there so long. He's very hard on the players. Uh, we know that early in the year, he and patch seemed to be having issues as a captain. Um, he's been there too long. It's time to move on. Uh, they have their five-day break right now. I think there's other coaches out there he could bring in, especially maybe the time of uh, Claude Julien, What I don't know if he'd want the job or not. But there are other opportunities. They need a softer voice to come in. You look at what happened in St. Louis. Ken Hitchcock's been a great coach for a long time. Mike Yow's come in, a softer voice, a different way. And that team has gone on a nice run as well. They need to change that there. And after the game, Carey Price said, we've lost our identity. Now, part of that's on the players. But the coach is one who creates the identity for the team as well as the GM. It's time to move on for Michelle Therrien. If I was a GM, Bergevin, starting the next game or whatever, I think they play next Saturday. Uh, Terrian's out. I find a new coach come in. And I think that would get the team on a run. How do you feel about that? Well, I like that. It's,
0: uh, I like that you didn't sit on the fence. You just said, okay, this is what I want to do. And yep. you you know, you look at the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. right? Now, we've seen coaching changes. And St. Louis was a team that I think was underachieving. Right? There's no doubt. My question is, honestly, I'm not sure the Habs are as good as everybody thinks. Like, Carey Price has to be 930 save percentage for them to be a winning team. And I just don't think you, you can rely on that and be sustainable every year, year after year. Price, like every other goalie at a time in his career, is in a little bit of a dip. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You just got to look at his numbers. Like, he's not even in the top five for Vesna right now. He should be in the top five, but he's not. That's because he's not playing well enough. I still don't believe they have enough secondary scoring. I, and I think if there's one concern, I don't think the one area of their game, they're not deep enough down the middle. And until they improve there, a coach sure can make them. They should, you know, they're still going to make the playoffs, obviously. Can they go anywhere in the playoffs? Their division isn't great. That's probably going to help them. Although, you know, depending on who finishes fifth, it might be a team from um, from the Metro, which might not be good for them. So overall, though, even you get a new coach, I think it can maybe change their identity. I would agree with you. I think Tarian's a guy who can get a team to a certain level in a certain time frame. And if not, then he's got to go. Right. And that's fine. But I don't know if, if he can adjust like John Tortorella did this time around in Columbus, maybe. We'll see. I think the coach now, you still got to be hard, but you've got to soften. Like Ken Hitchcock talked about a lot that he softened on non game days. Mm-hmm. Right. On game days, he was still a hard guy, but on non game days, he realized, okay, I got to take a step back. I can't be on the whip all the time. And, you know, he's been around. You adapt. That's what great coaches do. I think Michelle Terry's a good coach. I think you know he, he was able to fire up these guys at different times get a lot out of a team because I still don't think Montreal has a ton right Gallagher coming back will help them yeah. when he gets back but I, I'm not opposed to getting rid of the coach. I just don't think Montreal's overall offense is good enough in the Eastern Conference
1: No and I, I'd agree with that, but I think if you look at them Greggs, I think it's fair to say they're a second tier team. Sure they're, they're not they're not Pittsburgh, they're not Washington but within their own division, I think they're as good if, as not, not better. Uh, and that has, obviously, when Carey Price has to be uh, playing well as well. But they're better, I think, than Ottawa. I think they're better than Boston. So I think they could perhaps get out of their own division. And, you know, in today's day and age, winning Stanley Cup's ultimate goal. But you want to keep moving forward. And I think that they have to look at this year as a chance to get out of their division in, in the playoffs. And without a change of coach, I don't think they will do that. I think it will be considered a failed season if they don't do that. Do they make the playoffs with Terry? I think they probably do. Can they go past a first round or two without Terry? I don't think so. What
0: about the Toronto Maple Leafs? They've taken bigger steps, I think, than people expected this year. Mitch Marner, as much oh. as the talk about Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner's been unbelievable for them. But their biggest concern for me, and having seen it for a long time in Edmonton 1st their defense. Their defense isn't good enough. And they have, they have too soft of a defense. Mm-hmm. Like Roman Polak, who's somewhat of a spot picker in my eyes, who do they have on that defense who's going to push anybody around in front of the net? You still have to battle in the blue paint. I'm not talking drop the mitts tough. I'm just talking battle. Morgan Riley, okay. Gardner's not going to win any battles. Yeah. Martin Marincin's not going to win any battles. So to me, that's what they have to do. I, I, if you're the Leafs, though, they have a, They had a ton of draft picks last year. I could see them trading uh, for a defenseman, getting rid of a few draft picks, because I think they have so many. And the reality is, Strudz, you know this being through it, you can't bring in all these guys at one time. There's only so many roster spots in the American League for kids anyway. So they've had a ton of draft picks the last few years. I would look at the uh, the Leafs. I think for them, at the deadline, they should try to find a defenseman. Because right now, which three defensemen are they going to protect? I don't think they're concerned about protecting any defensemen, Really? So if I'm them, I try to go out and find a team that has a defenseman with not just a free agent, but with another year on his contract. And that's who I'd go. Or even go get a UFA who you're comfortable that you know you can resign because I don't think they have any worries in losing any defenseman after uh, Riley and maybe Gardner.
1: No, you're in the right space, I think. But I look at that group, their way of... Further than I expected. I did not expect them to be a playoff team this year, and they are. You know, I hate to say this because I I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. I I I've, I hate playing against them. I hated the media there. I hated the fans. I hated everything about them. I still do, but I do have to respect that team. They are fun to watch. Um, I think they have some good cornerstones. Like I always look at a team, I say, "Okay, let's look up their top goalie, their top defenseman, and their top centerman." Well, they're in pretty good shape right there, but they do have to fill it back, fill it now with some other guys. And I think you're right. I think that now is the time if they can find a D-man but not give up any of their core guys to get that. I think that's a move to do. You look at the difference here with Edmonton. You know, for Leafs fans, they, they, it was a hard trade to make Taylor Hall to bring in Adam Larson. But Larson, to me, has been very good. He is physical and he's nasty. He finishes hits. Uh, he's, he slashes guys. You, you still need that in today's NHL. So I'm really enjoying that whole part of it. Um, but Toronto, I don't think you have to make a bold move. I'm not sure trading William Nylander right now for defenseman is what you need to do. Let it go on. Maybe you can find someone through a trade or through UFA or when people come up against the uh, the uh, expansion draft. But there's a lot of good things happening in Toronto. I think, quite frankly, that's going to be a, a, a team that's built well. They can last uh, for a long time. And I, I think it's good. It's, it's as much as I hate to say it, a good Toronto Maple Leafs team is very, very good for the NHL. Much like a Chicago and the Rangers.
0: You're listening to the real life podcast, Jason Gregor, along with Jason drug. we brought to you by Finning. Big thanks to Finning a big supporter of this. When we come back, we got a new segment. Uh, what were they thinking? And also a uh, story time with Strud's on real life podcast.
1: It's late and you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day and tomorrow bright and early. You start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today. Parks.cat.com.
0: Welcome back to the Real Life podcast. Jason Greger along with Jason Stroud. We should have a big apology. It brought to you by Finning, by the way. Big apology to our buddy, Wanye Gretz, mm-hmm. who's uh, sitting somewhere in Mexico, probably in tears right now because we can't connect to him. And it's, well, it's kind of our fault, but not really because we're technically inept on this. Josh, our engineer's on holidays, right? And so he left us with instructions and we're not smart enough to figure them out. So we, uh, we couldn't connect with Wanye. So Wanye, wherever you are, we apologize. We didn't snub you. Okay, we, we didn't Celine Dion you, okay? Because I know it's, I know is still a little sensitive having watched Celine last night on the Grammys, right? How'd you like seeing her, by the way? And by the way, Wanya, we apologize. How'd well, you like well, seeing C- C- Celine last night? Well, I did. I
1: saw Celine, but first, Wanya, yeah, I'm sorry. We worked for about 30 seconds to try to get to work for you, so we really wanted you on. Then after that, we're like, you know what? We're just gonna move on. But yeah, I didn't say that. And when I talked about Celine, Celine Dion, she did stun me at an after Grammys party about 20 years ago. And last night when she went to present the award, I knew it. I knew she was going to talk about her husband. Now I'm very sad she lost Renee, but she always makes everything about her. It's always about her. What is her lace about her? And and, and she's up there to present the an award, and she says, "Well, you know, my I remember the first time my husband and I we won. I'm like, it's isn't about you. Just present the award, Celine. You have to learn to get over yourself. We we you're terrific. Uh, present or." Uh, or singer, you had a great husband. I'm very sorry that he passed away, but just present the award. Don't make it about you. It drives me crazy every time you're saying this isn't personal grace. This isn't because she snubbed me in New York at an after-grammys party. Are you sure? Mostly (laughs) mostly it isn't. But God, it fires me up. I'm still, why do you bring it up? Every time I calm down. Honestly, I I watched it last
0: night. The minute I saw her come on stage, Uh, I just started laughing. My wife looks at me. She goes, are you thinking of Strudder? I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, I'm thinking of Struts right now. I was just, because I could just see him at home being like, fast forward this, get her her off the stage. Oh, I love it. Buddy, it's good. You know, it's good to keep. Sometimes you can't like everybody in life. Every now you got to have that one person who's just, you know what? If I see them, I don't want to talk to them.
1: No, she she's that feel that way towards me. That's for sure. She had her chance. She had her chance. Okay, so we get to our,
0: a new segment. What were they thinking? We you and we'll focus this on sports. To to me, it's an easy one to start with. Gustav Nyquist. Are you freaking kidding me? Like I have seen dumb plays in the game, and I get. Heat of the moment, you get upset. That wasn't even a dirty play. He didn't take that hard of a hit. And for him to stick Spurgeon, like, he is so lucky he didn't take his eye out. If if he doesn't get a minimum eight games, the NHL player safety department's an
1: absolute farce. I watched the play many, many times from different angles. And he, after the game, he said he didn't mean to do that. I actually think, I agree with him. I think what he meant to do, and this is going to sound just as bad... He didn't mean to spear him in the face. I think he meant to kind of collar him and get his blade around him and kind of slash him around the neck rather than spear him right in the face. So I know that it's, it's weird because it's, it's like, a, is it manslaughter or murder? Like, I'm still in the same area. So I'm trying to give him a break. I would be a little bit hesitant to drop eight games on him. I'm thinking more around the 6-7 to seven mark. I think that's the number at because you look at some comparables. You look at when uh, Zach Cassian uh, hit Sam Gagne. Now, that... That for sure was intentional. I can't believe he only got eight games for that one. That was intentional. Remember, he fell against the wall, then he swung a stick around, hit him right in the jaw, broke his jaw, derailed Sam Ghani his whole season. That was absolutely um, a, a disgrace. Um, you look at some of the other, Duncan Keith, when he was on his back, and he swung his stick up also. That was, that was for sure intentional. He said he was falling back, slashed him right in his face. K- Duncan Keith again when he hit Jeff Carter. Uh, spirit, you know, Carter gone. he reached around and slapped him in the face and he got four or five games for that one. So, Duncan Keith, repeat defender. What Zach Casting did was absolutely horrendous. So, I think that Nyquist, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get around six, maybe seven. No more than, uh, more, more than seven. Can you live with that, grace? If I say to you he gets six games, is that enough? No, I would still probably want seven. What You can say I didn't mean to do it. Has
0: a player ever come out afterwards after he cheap shot a guy and said, yeah, you know what? I meant to do that. No, of course not. I don't buy that. Like, think about, hey, police officer, I, I, did, I didn't mean to speed. I'm really sorry. Right, right. right? Like, how many people like, yeah, you know what? I meant to do that. I'd at least just come out and say, yeah, you know what? I was mad my emotions got the best of me. I'm sorry. Deal with it. But of course he's not going to say that because he wants to get a lighter sentence. So, no, to me, it's got to be at least seven games. Yeah. At least seven. I, and I, I'd like more. Like, it's such a... And my concern is, it was done on a play that wasn't even where he took a direct cheap shot. There was no reason for him. He says, well, I didn't mean to do that. What the hell did he mean to do? You take your stick like this, spearing, right, and yeah. it's, you're spearing. What are you? So you meant to spear him in the gut? I don't care. You purposely... That's not a motion that's just natural oh geez I got mad and now I get to spear someone no you made a conscious decision and he's so lucky like you watch that and comes right under his visor right below his eye like that could have been horrendous so to me because Spurgeon's lucky and I think he ended up with three or four stitches I don't look at, oh, you know what? He got lucky, so this guy gets a lighter sentence. No, you got to crack down. And you make the punishment harsh enough, so the next guy's like, well, I'm not going to have a little hissy fit and a little temper tantrum and
1: spear some guy in the face. I'm at six. What number are you? You can make the decision. Eight. It's got to be eight. So you're not in the 10 crowd. There's a lot of people that want ten. I would take eight because I don't think the double
0: digits is going to happen, but I will take eight for sure. If okay. it's if it's less than that, I just think it's another soft decision by the NHL. Okay,
1: let's see what happens. I want to shift gears here. Um, the Edmonton Oilers had a, a tough night the other night against Chicago uh, Blackhawks. Uh, they scored first, but then Chicago went on a rampage. And that was a good team that was ready for a break. They wanted to get it going. A lot of people are saying that one of the biggest issues for Oilers right now is the secondary scoring. I think there's something else. And I looked at that game specifically Saturday the Oilers are reaching. I don't think they're skating like they were uh, when they had some more success earlier. I think that you watch a lot of the goals. The Oilers are reaching out. Even on the forecheck, they're reaching instead of having their feet underneath them and getting to the position to make plays. So there's no doubt we got you, you got to get more goals to score. That that's, that's clear. They haven't scored a lot since they, uh, the All-Star break. But you score goals by being in position, by taking that extra stride to, to be able to get there, getting on the forecheck uh, to, to, to win those battles. They're not winning enough of those... Little battles they were winning when they were having more success early in their year, and that to me will lead to more goals. You can put the lines anywhere you want, unless you take that extra step. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about the guy, everyone. I mean, obviously uh, Connor leads, starts with Connor, but I'm talking about the D-men, the forwards. I'm talking about the guys that are struggling like uh, Puglia. I'm talking about the guys that aren't like Drysdale.
0: I think secondary scoring concerns are very overrated prior to the game on Saturday. The Oilers came in at that point, and it's funny, like in a span of a week now, because they went five games with only four goals. They, they've been a top 10 scoring team all year long. And I compared them to Anaheim and San Jose, other top teams. Edmonton's top three goal scores, if you look at that, are basically even to San Jose and Anaheim's, give or take one or two. Then you take the next top four. Edmonton's right there with that, but then the rest of Edmonton's team actually has more goals because they had more goals than the Sharks or Anaheim prior to the Saturday's game. I haven't checked today, okay. so it might be different. So I, I, they've dropped down in a span of it, but five games doesn't suddenly mean they've had this huge uh, no secondary scoring. I think that's being overblown when you compare it. And you look, yeah, sure, Pouliot's struggling. Not every player is going to have their career average every year. Like, Pouliot's been garbage, and we'll get into that another time. Like, yeah. there's a guy that no one's even talking about. Like, right. you want to talk, it, it's amazing. There's been more articles written in the blogging community about Chris Russell. Oh, well, gee, should they sign him or not? The guy's making three mil. He's been an unbelievable signing. Yeah. You might not like it, number crunchers. It's a fact. He's been an unbelievable signing for what he's getting paid. Now, you can all worry about whether he'll get a contract or not. There's no chance I see the Orders signing him before the expansion. Right. For him, only way he does it is if he gets a no-movement clause, and the Orders aren't giving him a no-movement clause, right? Because if you're Russell, why would you sign a three-year deal at four mil? Knowing Vegas would just gladly scoop you up, right? So I don't see it happening. But uh, the Orders, to me, you're right. They just, they're just they not tough enough lately in the blue paint, it's that simple. It's not. There's not some magical big They just have to be more intense. They've been a perimeter team since the All-Star break. Because before the All-Star break, their scoring was fine. They had 15 goals going into it in three games and from 10 different scores. Not just McDavid and Dryside. Maroon hadn't scored in those games, right? So they were fine up until that point. It's a little bit of a dip. And I think it just comes down to them gutting it out. And you know what? Putting Drysaddle down the middle, I have no issue with it at all. I'd actually put him in the second line and I'd move Nugent Hopkins to the win. Yeah. That's what I, I would load up my top two lines if it was me. I've never believed th- three lines. You can't have that much balance. You're going to have a little bit of a drop. Because Letestu's been p- producing fine. Uh, he has as many goals as McDavid since December 1st. So I, don't, you know, I think Latestu's fine in, in that department. But that's what I would look at. I would still probably load him up. I would just switch Drysaddle and put Nugent Hopkins maybe on the wing. I know they l- like him down the middle. I'm just, I'm not sure he's an elite top two-line center, in my opinion. I'm just, I'm not sure he is that guy.
1: Well, I think you need him to be, I mean, he want him to be, I suppose, even better weight. And it seems to me that I, I would, I'd probably go the other way. I think I'd probably put Nugent in the middle and put Drysaddle on the wing. I think Drysaddle is showing he can, he can be a catalyst on the wing. Um, so you would just so play him Nuge. with Nugent? Yeah, put him with Nuge. Yeah, okay. Just I think I think Connor. We all know he can he can carry two garbage uh, you know two garbage pails and score points. But I think that with nudge, if you put saw on the wall. I think he helps um, a lot of people zone in on Drysall and gives Nuge a little bit more room to move. And then whoever you put on the other wing, will we'll get some chances as well. So that's probably how I do it. And again, I mean, I hate having to say that you have to get guys going, but they do they do need these guys to to get going and feeling good about themselves. Um, you know, so much promise after the uh, Young Guns and how um, uh, Nuge played there you want him to have that good feeling and feel good about himself so he can contribute and be a guy that now is a catalyst on the line much like we've seen Drysdale and McDavid been
0: we will end the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Finnin with a, a story from Stry- now I'm I'm cringing when you told me what the story is you want to tell so I might want to back away yeah. when I listen to this so I apologize in advance to any of our listeners if this kind of creeps you
1: out well he asked me to tell it so i was uh I <laughs> no i did not you, you came did. in here all yeah, yeah, yeah. about it. no so we we go to uh, hong kong and uh, my mom and i went there we had a great trip great people chinese were unbelievable hosts we had a lot of fun but uh, it was amazing how many foot massage places i saw and the foot massage they had um it, everyone was the same it had a neon sign and it said foot massage. and there was a huge um kind of outline of a foot and then like Five toes up above. So I was like, man, these people must love their foot massage. So we're going around you know, everywhere. My, even my mom's commenting, look at all these foot massage places. I'm like, I know, I know.
0: Is it a real foot massage
1: place? So that's where I'm going. So my, I, after a couple of days, I'm telling one of my hosts, I'm like, man, you guys must love your foot massage. He's like, well, you have to take a little harder look because they're not all just foot massage place. I'm like, oh, yeah, how's that? He's like, well, within the foot that is on the neon sign, if you see a smiley face within that foot massage, they're going to take it past the foot. In fact they're gonna call like my, an
0: ankle massage
1: yeah they're gonna go up the ankle they'll follow the trail north and what many people call is the happy ending is what you'll get at these foot massage places so i'm like oh my god
0: which one did you go to so
1: <laughs> of course as a tourist i had to try them all out no just kidding it's not really my thing but i'm walking around again to my mom. so about two days later now i know the true story did mom like it this is where i'm going my mom says uh you know, Jason, we've been walking a lot. Maybe we should go get a foot massage. And like, yeah, mom, I don't like foot massages (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't have the heart to tell her the truth. So I know, mom, you listen to the podcast. So the truth is that those, many of those were.
0: How do you know? Maybe maybe Mrs. Stradwick was looking (laughs) for a happy ending.
1: (laughs) I was so, I was so uncomfortable going in there. Could you imagine, like oh, I'm joking, we'll, by the way, Mrs. Strachan? But, but could you imagine if we went in there without knowing? I'm like, yeah, because we walked so much. It, <laughs> it might was, need work. Killing that me. that would have that actually
0: would have been a better story. Mum and son going in for a unique family experience of the foot
1: massage with a happy face. Can you imagine, like, ah, uh, what do you have? bunion? No, no. Uh, we want to. We want to get like. it would have been so. I would have been so rattled. That the would best happen.
0: would have been had you gone in. They set you up. Oh, would you like massage? Yeah. Then you're in the room, and all of a sudden, your mom's like what
1: is going on in here? And then she comes out and she's like,
0: well, I don't want to talk to my son.
1: (laughs) It was awkward. Did they get past your ankles? So if you ever go to Hong Kong, if you're ever visiting, just keep it. if you're going to get a foot massage, there's those places there. Just look for the smiley face in the foot. And uh, I, I did not go. I did not go. My mom and I, we were together the whole time, two weeks straight, but um, lots of fun in Hong Kong.
0: (laughs) It's another edition of the Real Life Podcast. Uh, Gregor and life? Strudwick, yeah. And uh, once again, our apologies to uh, Wanye, who I know right now is crying into his computer because we couldn't get it hooked up. <laughs> Wanye, it's nothing personal. It's just our, we're technically inept. So we'll have it fixed. We'll have a better instruction from uh, Josh, the technician, for next week. Until then, have a good one.